Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Thomas from Local Moves Studio in San Antonio, Texas. What's up, Thomas? How are you today? Super. How are you, Bree? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Of course. All right, cool. So let's waste no time getting into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Wow. Um, let's see here. So uh, 20 years ago, I had two neck surgeries that basically sidelined me from doing anything uh, physical. Uh, and it was the second neck surgery I was actually uh, told that I would probably, there was a possibility I'd be confined to a wheelchair. And uh, coming out of that surgery, you know, I know when people say you got a new lease on life, it's true, I did. And I had already went to college, I was already a college athlete. Um, I realized that, um, and I already had a business degree, so I was so fascinated by the body. So for the first year, post the second neck surgery, um, I was either doing yoga or I was swimming. That was it. I was no longer allowed to do weights. I was no longer allowed to do running or anything. The joys that I used to enjoy that kind of fulfilled my life. So I found a new avenue through yoga and swimming and being fascinated with the body and PT. That's I decided to go give up my job and uh, advertising and hospitality and go full tilt into um, into health and fitness. Wow. Okay, so that's a very inspiring story, you know, kind of coming off of an experience that you had changes right. your perspective. And, you know, it makes you really thankful for the simple things that a lot of people kind of take for granted. So that's absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now um, within the facility that you're currently running, how are you structuring things? What does your business model look like? Are we doing group classes, one-on-one, semi-privates? What does that all look like? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. So basically what it was, uh, I was out in Los Angeles for the last 20 years, and I had a private practice where I was, um, I was, in, I was a part owner in a gym, and I was a minority owner, and I was kind of, I took over their circuit training classes. I actually, about seven, eight years ago, I saw the shift from private one-on-one -on -one training to more of the group and semi-private. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's when uh, I remember Barry's boot camp was coming up and then Orange Theory started you know, making a huge impact on the scene and then F45. And I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, this is the next wave. That's where we're, that we're gonna get going. So I took over the circuit training uh, department for my gym. And I took it from basically a non-existent program to just doing hit training, doing um, circuit training, group training, semi-private training, and it just blew up. Mm -hmm. And then um, I being in, in California, and then basically like every other gym owner, COVID hit, and it would just it closed the gyms, and we don't need to get into the political side of that. Right. But the gyms were closed and I found myself literally loading up my car and I was like an ice cream man, so to speak. I was driving from this park to this person's residence, to that park, to this mm -hmm. person's residence. And I literally one afternoon, I just took out my phone and I added up all the weight. I was lugging around 300 pounds of equipment. I'm not joking. In my car between kettlebells, medicine balls, dumbbells. Mm -hmm. 
uh, battle ropes and driving all over Los Angeles. It just it became monotonous. And I and I remember I was like, this is not my calling. I always wanted to own my own brick and mortar. So in September of 2020, I said, that's it. I am going to make the move. And I was looking at a couple different states and I wanted to see, wait and see what happened with the election. The yep. election happened and the other two states, which were Colorado and Arizona, um, they kind of were a little purple politically. So I kind of anticipated that it was going to, they were still going to close the gyms and have the mask mandates. Mm -hmm. I chose Texas because it's a very red state and I don't want to get into the politics of it. It was more for me is I wanted to just get into the business aspect of it. Yeah. So came out to Texas, um, settled in San Antonio and just um, opened up this gym of my first brick and mortar, which is called Local Moves. And it's kind of a play on words. I grew up in Hawaii and um, there was an incredible surf store called Local Motion. And I just really loved the, the theme. and I love what it stood for. And being in Texas, you know, there's LA fitness, but that doesn't have a good ring in Texas. And so local moves is about no matter where you are, it's local to you. And we're just all about movement and uh, circuit training and hit training. So, um, so for me, um, that is, um, that's where the, I moved out to Texas and opened up my first brick and mortar and I opened it up in October of last year and literally it was a gamble because I, we're still in a pandemic, right? right. And, mm -hmm. and Delta variant had just come out. I personally just got nailed with it and it sidelined me for a full month. October, we opened up. It was a very slow start because people were still reluctant to get back into the gym. And right. I was, I was met with you know, do I have to be vaccinated, non-vaccinated? Do I have to wear a mask? Not don't wear a mask. And what I've, a, a common theme that we've talked about, Bri, is I don't want to make it political. So there's no mask shaming here. So if you want to wear your mask, great. If you want to get vaccinated, great. I'm not about that. I'm about health and fitness because right. bringing this full circle, and I know you can relate to this, it didn't make sense to me that during the pandemic, let's close the gyms, but let's leave liquor stores and McDonald's and all the fast food places open. So that mm -hmm. didn't make sense to me. So right. Um, uh, here I am in, you know, in Texas, six months in, and it's, um, it's an interesting experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's a, it's a slow crawl right now, but it's uh, each month we're progressing. Each month we're starting to show more and more members, more and more revenue, but uh, it, it's a slow crawl. Yeah, absolutely. What a crazy time to open a gym, but it's almost like if COVID didn't happen, maybe you wouldn't have done this and and right. kind of made the move and opened your own facility so it's almost you know sounds like it it'll turn into a good thing you know right. so it's it's, right, right. it's good that you were actually able to make that move and open your own facility and start uh making those moves that you always wanted to essentially so exactly. that's exactly. good um and i mean i've it's it's crazy how many gyms closed because of covid and then on the flip side of that of that, excuse me, there have been so many gyms that have opened because right. of it as well. Right. So right. now, um, definitely a challenging time to open a facility, you know, as, as far as getting people in the door goes. So how many clients are you currently serving or members rather right now? So here's the interesting thing, because 
I had a great practice out in Los Angeles, like I said, for 20 years. And um, I cemented a really professional reputation for providing results and providing a great service. So mm -hmm. that was great. Moving out to Texas, nobody knew who Thomas Rowe was or nobody knew who T. Rowe was. Nobody knew who Vocal Moves was. So it was really starting with a blank slate. Mm -hmm. um, out in Los Angeles, my closing rate was about 80 to 90 percent anytime a new member came through. So I kind of figured that those same that same ratio would transfer or translate here to Texas. Mm -hmm. And it didn't yeah, because um, especially in the San Antonio market, um, I looked at all the players were here, F45, Orange Theory, which I mentioned before, and there was, yep. a, there was a handful of other uh, independents like Spenga and Metabolic and True Fusion. Gold's Gym was here, Anytime Fitness, all those. And these aren't a plug for them. What it was for me, it just showed that, okay, San Antonio is a market. The market's that I can there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, the business just hasn't come. I mean, San Antonio from what I can experience now after six months is they don't take their fitness as serious as Los Angeles does. So, yeah. um, and, and I understand that, you know, in Los Angeles, the pulse of the city is entertainment. You know, you yeah. can, be, you can be in a restaurant or a gym and you can run into a celebrity. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm so desensitized to that because I saw it all the time, but here in Texas, that's not the pulse of the city. And especially San Antonio, they really kind of embrace their, they're kind of more of a foodie. And you would think yeah. that with that came, you know, exercise, but that's not the case. So to answer your initial question, um, my, my closing rate is right now about 30 to 40%. So it's a lot lower than I expected. So as far as how many, I, I, I'm, I'm basically closing about three to four people a month. Whereas in the past I was closing three to four people a week. And right. so you could do the numbers and see that's a really slow crawl. So what, you know, out here, it's been everything from how do I drive business? How do I get people in? And as you know, Brie, word of mouth is huge. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, we can't advertise on park benches or on the side of taxi cabs or buses. That just doesn't work. No. So um, the grassroots of, you know, g referrals. So in the beginning, you got to give a lot of free classes. You got to go out, you got to shake the trees. You got to introduce yourself to the neighborhood. Uh, you got to walk out and hand out flyers at the local farmer's market and so forth in the area, kind of go around to the businesses and then all of the uh, supplement stores and stuff where you know that that's kind of your target market. And then on top of that, you got to do all the Facebook advertising, the Instagram, the Yelp, the, the Google, and uh, the right. next door. It is just, um, it's a whole different strategy than what it was when you have an established business and you have an established reputation, as you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, even with that being said, you know, you're a newer facility, but even now, post-COVID, I talk to facilities all day that have been established for years and are experiencing the same things that you're experiencing. Right. You know, so you're not alone there and that's for sure. Um, right. And, you know, I like that you mentioned multiple different ways to bring people in the doors because I always like to refer to it as having multiple poles in the water at all times. Right. Because, you know, we love word of mouth. We love referrals. However, those are not trackable. You know, right. we can't rely on them. If we can't track them, we can't grow them. Um, 
so it makes it really hard to be able to generate growth on a monthly basis just relying on one source whereas right. if we can have multiple holes in the water as i like to say and reliable sources to bring people in the door so we can kind of plan the growth of the business then that's kind of the best way to make it happen and typically that tends to be through facebook advertising instagram google just because we can track it if we spend x amount of dollars we can expect to see x amount of people walk in the door we know what our closing rate is and then we can kind of gauge it from there right. um but very important to have multiple ways to get people in the door at all times. absolutely absolutely no question all right so now uh the sales piece is something that I always love to talk about because a lot of gym owners and personal trainers say, well, I'm not a salesperson. I don't like sales. I'm just not good at it. You know, whatever it might be, they're afraid to ask for money a lot of time. And it kind of takes away from the reason why the people are coming to them. You know, something that's right. so important to keep in mind is that you are not your customer. You know, you're not looking for a personal right. trainer. You're not looking for help with your fitness. You're not looking for help with nutrition. So a lot of times it's hard for them to one, put a price on the services that they're offering. And then two, make a sale and ask for money. Uh, you know, when we're talking about the services that they're providing. So you had an amazing closing rate. So what are some of the tips that you could provide as far as sales go and, and kind of being comfortable within that process? Um, well, that's a, that's a great question because you touched on something that I find very interesting. And that is what my rate was in Los Angeles doesn't mean, doesn't translate to Texas. For example, mm -hmm. I was a hundred dollars an hour out in Los Angeles for one-on-one -on -one training. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to pay that here simply because that's just not what the market will bear. And I had to remove my ego from that and say, well, you know, I'm worth a hundred bucks an hour. No, you're only worth what somebody's willing to pay. No. So you got to put, take your ego out of it. So, and also, as you know, what's really hard in this business is it's a very interesting business because when a, when a client of mine achieves their goals, they take the credit, right? But when they fail, they blame the trainer. That's a yeah. really shitty place to be, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do to, what, anytime somebody comes through, you know, and as you, as you know, and all Geminers know this, when somebody calls, they're like, how much is it going to cost me? How much is it going to cost me? How much is it going to cost me? I always have to respond. I generally, I say, it's going to cost you 100000 to $200 million. They're like, well, what is that supposed to mean? And I'm going to say, and I say, see that it's, it's not exactly a, a transferable fee. Right. I said, let me ask you, what are your goals? Well, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. That's going to take you about three months mm -hmm. to do that, depending upon how committed you are to this, not only the nutrition side of it, but also the, the fitness side of it. I said, let's map out a plan. And after three months, if you're not at 20 pounds down, this is on you, not on me, because I'm going to take out all the guesswork and we're going to hold each other accountable. Okay, great. How much is that going to cost me? Well, you know, I'm hundred bucks an hour, three times a week, blah, 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 blah. And then we talk about it. So, but here is when I talk to clients in a group setting, I say to them, you know, look, for what you want to achieve, somebody who wants to drop 20 pounds, I say, it's going to take you about three months. My monthly unlimited is $199 per month. So to answer your initial question, how much is it going to cost you? It's going to cost you about $600. That's it. Nope. That's just for the fee here. Then we've got to talk about your diet and your nutrition. So 
I always turn it back on to them and I make them see the value or the lack of value and whether or not they have the commitment or they don't have the commitment. Because my final sales pitch is I say, look, we, you can justify your actions or inactions. So if you want to sit here and make excuses, that's fine. I just laid everything out on the table for you. I built this beautiful facility that is I, what I consider is the Porsche, BMW, Audi of fitness clubs. I bring 20 years of experience to the table. So all the guesswork is taken out of the equation for you. Now it's up to you to make the commitment. So by then they're generally they're like okay shit let's get going you know i love it let's you know and you always sweeten the deal with a with a first time workout for free because i tell them i say look you know my workout isn't for everybody um one of two things happen here there is no half pregnancy you're going to either say holy shit this is too hard it's not for me or you're going to go man i thought i was in shape this kicked my butt this is the place where I need to be. This is my tribe. This is my community. So it kind of sells itself. I don't have to, you know, right. corner them and, you know, say, okay, what's it going to take to get you to sign on the line today? Like I'm trying to sell a car to them or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So basically um, it's, I also have to build trust with somebody, right? If they're going to, if they're going to open up their pocketbook to me, mm -hmm. and if they're going to open up their life to me, I have to, I, you know, I, I invite him in for a first time. I try to talk to him about it. First time workout, after the workout, I try to talk to him, try to close the deal right there. But, mm -hmm. you know, I the form that I, they have to fill out, as you know, they have to fill out a release. That release has their phone number, their email, their social media. So I will go on, I'll immediately friend them, and I'll start liking their posts or commenting on their posts. And I take a vested interest in them. And then from there, we just start to build a friendship because if you, if you build a friendship, you'll, it'll, a sale will take care of itself. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. if you're just trying to look at the, just close the deal right now, you're just looking at them at, as a number. It's hard to lose a friend. It's easy to lose a sale. So yeah. that's kind of, that's been my approach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people don't buy from people they don't trust. Right. So that 100%. above everything else is important. And that, translates through the entire process, you know, through um, retention and making sure that they actually stick around for a long period of time. So you're not constantly chasing new right. faces to get into the right. facility. Right. Um, and then one thing that you said there that really stood out to me was my workout isn't for everyone. Right. And that's important too, you know, because we want to be specific about who we're bringing into the facility. Right. When we try to serve everyone, we end up serving no one. Right. So right. not right. being afraid to get specific about your targeting within your marketing and with who you're talking to when you're putting ads out there, when you are posting on your social media. It also makes running ads and posting on social media easier when you have right. someone specific that you are speaking to rather than just trying to cast a wide net. 100%. 100%. You are absolutely right. And I know, I mean, you know that. That's why you're there on that great podcast and giving great information is that you have to know who you are and you have to know what your target market is. Um, uh, if somebody comes through and says, you know, I really want to do yoga and Pilates, I go, that's not who we are, you know? Right. And, and because I network with other people, I say, hey, give my, you know, give my friend Kelly down here at XYZ Studio a call and, you know, yes. You know, and, and and that's how that works. But 
You're absolutely right. You, I mean, first and foremost, you got to know who you are and what you are. And secondly, you got to build that trust. Last, you got to solve a problem and build a friendship. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember sitting down with people coming in on their first day to our kickboxing facility and they would come in and, and tell me that they were into yoga, you know, and doing yoga. And that's cool. But I was always like, you know, you realize this is like the complete opposite end of the spectrum, right? right. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be for you. Obviously, right. they can try it, but not being afraid to be very specific is something it's hard in the beginning because you just want to get as many people into the facility as you can to fill it. Right. But, you know, it it doesn't always translate as you hope because a lot of times those people don't end up sticking around and building that solid foundation. We want right. a solid foundation of people within the business that we can rely on for that monthly revenue uh, every single month, you know, so that we don't have to worry about paying rent or covering right. our overhead or, you know, um, that's a, a very important piece. So, sure. Sure. All right. So now what are your main focuses for 2022? Where are you directing most of your attention and energy within the business? I, I'm just pivoting right now. In the beginning of the year, I was looking to grasp as many members as possible because it's a New Year's resolution. Everyone wants to get fit. Everyone's kind of wants to tackle that, you know, big elephant in the room of getting in shape, mm -hmm. losing the weight. But again, I had to bring myself back to what am I really true to and what is, what is the target market? So, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting, Bree, that I'd have to say 80 to 90% of the people that come through my studio the first time, they get dizzy, they get nauseous, mm -hmm. they end up getting sick. And, and I've even had to taper my workouts down and that's not who I am, right? Um, and it, kind of a lack of a better term, if you're a high-end salesperson and you're used to selling BMWs and Mercedes, could you go sell a, a Honda, a Toyota, and there's nothing wrong with those cars, I'm just making a point. You're not going to be passionate about it, right? right. If, if, if you're used to selling Porsches and Audis and BMWs and Rolls Royce and Ferraris, you're very passionate about it because that's where your interest is. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in a 47-year-old you know, housewife or house husband who wants to get on the treadmill and lift five pound weights. That's just not who I am. I, I, am, I am high octane hit training. And so to answer your question, now I'm pivoting. It's all about the people that have become, all the athletes who have become a little disenchanted with CrossFit because they know how intense CrossFit is. Um, a majority of my clients that come through here um, in Orange Theory, like I said, is the industry leader. They captured a lot of market share, but they've kind of plateaued and people are kind of bored and tired of their workouts. And I knew that that was going to happen post COVID because people were like, I've had, I have at least a dozen clients that, you know, and again, no slam to Orange Theory. They're I'm like, which, when I asked them, I said, what's your experience been like with fitness? You know, after COVID, I went back to Orange Theory, and I'm just bored. It's, I, it's the same thing they were doing pre-COVID. And I go, you know, Orange Theory is great. They're the industry leader, but I understand what you're saying. So mm -hmm. right now I'm pivoting. I'm going for the athletes who have done CrossFit, the athletes who are looking for a new challenge from Orange Theory, the Spartan race athletes, the endurance athletes, the triathletes, and the weekend warriors. So mm -hmm. I am looking for those athletes that want to be held accountable, that are basically active, healthy, result-driven people. 
right. not the people that just kind of want to show up at the gym and phone it in and put it on TikTok and Instagram to say that they're working out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And it's a really good point that you make uh, as far as doing what you're passionate about and, and selling what you're passionate about. And that was something that I experienced as well. There was a time where, and not to knock orange theory again, but this just happens to be the exact example that I have. Um, years ago, I was considering working for orange theory. Oh, that's awesome. And I went into the whole interview process and I started the training and I was going through everything. And I got to a point where I was like, I just don't love the workout. Right. I just don't love the workout. So I right. can't, I'm not going to be able to genuinely sell this service. Right. Or product or class or, you know, whatever it is, because I don't love it. Right. You know, right. so that is, and, and I didn't take the job because I was like, I know I'm not going to get good results in selling here because I'm just not passionate about it. I, it wouldn't be genuine. Right. And, you know, on the flip side of that, when you are providing a service that you are truly passionate about, that just jumps off of you, you know, and it's like, it makes the, the selling so much easier because you're not selling, you know, 100%. it's like, Somebody's coming to you with uh, an issue or a problem, or they're just wanting to get back into shape or whatever it might be. But then, you know, you're just solving their problem with the services that you're providing and you believe in them and you're passionate about them. So it's not really a sale. Right. Um, so that's something that's very important to keep in mind, especially, you know, if you're um, a trainer and you're just kind of jumping from gym to gym, like super important to find something that you truly believe in, you're truly passionate about so that you can make those sales. Right. Right. Totally agree. I mean, hundred yeah. percent. I, I have nothing to add to that. You're spot on. Absolutely. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, doing their own thing, going their own way. What is the number one thing that you've learned over the years of being in the fitness industry uh, that really sticks out to you that you think others might benefit from? Uh, you know, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. And um, so if I had, so to build on what you said about Orange Theory, back mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, one of my best friends owned two franchises out there. Mm -hmm. And what I wish I would have done is like you, Brie, I didn't subscribe. Like I did the workout a couple of times to supplement my workouts, but it's not something that I never drank the Kool-Aid. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and he was trying to recruit me like a hardcore full court press on being one of the trainers there. And I knew that it was 90% orange theory. You had to stick to the script like you were talking yeah. about. Mm -hmm. And I got to be 10% of me. Mm -hmm. What I should have done is I should have put my ego aside, knowing that I ultimately wanted to open up my own place. And I should have worked for them for about yeah. three, five, six months, maybe up to a year, and kind of just soaked it all in. That way I could you know, learn from on the job and get paid for it, and then take that and add it to my own brick and mortar, which I am here today. So that would have been huge for me is mm -hmm. to, so in, I, I strongly encourage somebody that wants to get into owning a gym, 
is first of all, define who you want to be. I knew I wanted to be a circuit training, hit training studio. So find the industry leader in your field, which would be Barry's Bootcamp, F45 or Orange Theory, go to work for them. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a big box gym, then go to work for somebody like Gold's Gym or Planet Fitness and then kind of learn there. And it's, you really, you really have to do that. You have to roll up your seeds yes. and get into it. And then in addition to that, I would, I would soak up everything I could on reading. And I really, I mean, every book, you know, from Tim Grover's Relentless to Winning to um, Navy SEAL books on uh, the economy of leadership and so forth, you got to read, you got to read as much as and absorb as much as you can. So if my one piece of advice to somebody to want to start a business is don't reinvent the wheel, go work for one of the industry leaders, because there's plenty of room for competition. There's plenty of room oh, for yeah. competition. Mm -hmm. um, and also really know your target market. When I got here to San Antonio, um, it, something so simple as just 20 miles can make a huge difference, yes. right? Because no matter how good your service is and how much people yell and scream about it, people aren't going to sit in traffic for a half hour to come to you. They're just not going to do it. It just doesn't, it's not viable. It doesn't make sense. So you really have to know one, your target market and two geographically where you want to be. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All very important factors. And, you know, with the, the first one you mentioned, there's so much to learn initially and if you can learn that by working for other facilities ex especially ones that are successful um right. it saves you a lot of time and it saves you a lot of money as well yeah because yeah. you know in the beginning a lot of times when you don't have that experience and you open your own facility and things come up that you had no idea about that end up right. costing you time and costing you money right um, and, you know, when you open your facility, a lot of times you're not in a position to have extra time or extra money. So if you can totally avoid those two things in the beginning and learn from other people who have been there before and are now successful, that can save you a lot. So yeah. That's definitely a good yeah. piece of advice there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? They, uh, so it's local.moves.studio local on Instagram. Uh, same thing, same handle for Facebook, local.moves.studio uh, on Facebook. Um, and then me personally, Thomas Rowe, I could be, my personal account is T Rowe Fitness. I like to keep the business and my stuff separated because as an endurance athlete, I got a Spartan race coming up. I've got a, a triathlon coming up. So I kind of like to keep my active side separate from my business side so yeah those are right. the three handles that can get a hold perfect all right so thomas from local moves studio in san antonio texas thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been so great having you on the show thanks Bri. i appreciate it really great meeting you and being on your show thank you absolutely and to all of the listeners out there make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show in the meantime keep killing it out there we'll catch you on the flip side jim lords out thank you for listening to this interview but don't go anywhere we still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode but if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients keep them longer and make more money Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show, two gentlemen down in Georgia, Seth and Gordy with Totem Training. Gentlemen, how are you today? What's going on? Doing well. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Excited to dive into this. Um, and, and Seth and Gordy and I were just chopping it up before we started this recording. And this is a fairly new business in the grand scheme of things. We opened up 2019. And believe me, guys, I don't want to paint on your canvas, but talk to us about kind of what made you want to start a gym? What, what sparked this idea in your mind? Take us back to that time. So we've been in the fitness business for a while, and we worked together at a uh, big box gym. And we just felt like the product that we could give to our clients was not good enough at that facility with how that business structure was and everything. And honestly, we just felt like we could do it better. So we wanted to give clients a better product and we wanted to give trainers a place that they could be their best. And that's kind of why we decided to start Total. Yep. Just to build on what Seth said, like for the most part, because like where we were prior, there were very little things that we could do to give a better product. We're in half hour training sessions for for PT, and that's the only thing that we had offered. So really and truly, the only way to ever make more money is to spend more time. And in the grand scheme of things, if we ever wanted a family or anybody else in our field wanted a family or to do stuff, you know, be able to take off and go do X, Y, and Z we didn't have a way to do that. Either you had to work more on the front end or work more on the back end to make up for the money and time lost. So what our goal was, was to create the gym where A, anybody could get what they needed and B, the trainer could have like an actual wage. So making sure that the trainer felt wanted and valued. And when we did that, basically gave us the opportunity to get the best trainers in the area. So it was yeah. like, you, you, if you want to be the best, you got to pay the best. So that's kind of what we're at. Yeah, the, the traditional model for one-on-one personal training in our industry is, is limiting. It, it handcuffs you for somebody that's a little bit more knowledgeable or ambitious. And fortunately for you guys, and unfortunately for that traditional big box model, they've become more of a a launching pad or a stepping stone than a career driven place. And and so you guys found yourselves in that next sort of step. We're pulling from the best of the best trainers, if you will. So we can offer a best of the best sort of service, right? Tell us a little bit about the service and what it is, right? How do you guys deliver that to your clients? So it's when you break it down, it's really simple. Um, We have very knowledgeable trainers here. Uh, Everybody kind of has their own little niche of what they're good at. You know, like if someone, if a client's working with me, they're going to be working on, I'm going to specialize in strength and power. You know, if they're working with Gordy, they're going to be special. He specializes in, you know, conditioning and everything like that. Uh, 
one of our trainers specializes in bodybuilding, one of our trainers specializes in sports performance, and so on and so on, corrective exercise. Right. But we can all work with anybody too. So even though we have these specializations, we can work with anybody. So we keep everybody safe. Our number one goal for every client that comes through the door is to keep them safe and keep them injury-free and pain-free. Uh, number two is to create a culture and an atmosphere that they want to come back to and that they're enjoying. So if we're keeping them safe and they want to come back, they're going to be consistent. If they're going, to, if they're being consistent, they're going to make progress. And if they're making progress, they're going to sell the product for us. Yep. And then building on that, going back to the trainer, just in short, sure. um, pretty much when we hire people on, I would say it's like the trainer's job is to take care of the client and it's my job to take care of the trainer. And as long as right. we're taking care of the trainer, then they're, and they're taking care of the client, then we shouldn't really have too many issues yep. so in order that's, to, yeah, in order that's to a really good point. And, and one that gets lost a lot, I think it suddenly okay. when we step into this gym owner role, if we're worried about every single client as well, we only have so much time in the day. We only have so much attention span. And, and it, if we're chasing all of these different goals at once, then we're going to half-ass it all and, and nothing really gets done. If you guys are solely focused on your team development and creating the best possible service out there, they can then bring that to the next level. And it sounds like that's what you guys are getting in, right? Absolutely. And like one part of that is just making sure a, that they feel valued, but also having certain uh, safeguards. You know, it's like we do, we, we assess trainers for the most part, we're going to try and do it at least one a week or one every two weeks. So we can like, Hey, here are the things you're doing. Well, here are the things you're doing. Not well. Um, let's try and get better at the things you're doing. Not well, and continue on with the things you are doing well. And basically yeah. that's, our, that's one of our safeguards because you know, it's like you can do anything and what is it? 10,000 hours to mastery, but it's like, you can, you can dick around for 10,000 hours and never get better at anything. Yeah. So it seems try. simple, but just having those, those measurement points and those benchmarks, what gets measured gets managed, right? right. If we're no. just hoping that we're improving as practitioners, it's never going to happen. We're going to yeah. constantly find whatever random continuing education thing to appease our desire to improve, but it's, is it actually providing any measurable results? Maybe, maybe not. You guys take that one step further to make sure that we actually have measurables along the way. Now, as far as from the client end, right? If we're to, to slap a label on the business model, this falls into more of the, the one-on-one -on -one and almost small group, semi-private-ish, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What do people typically get when they sign up to train with you guys? Um, I'll take, I'll do a little bit of this one. So the, the, the way that we sell it is when we say one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, that's going to be your private training. That is the, the way that I tell people coming from an education background, I say one-on-one -on -one private training is like elementary school. It was like, I'm expecting the people to come in here are either A, not very good movers, so they don't have really good physical literacy. Number two, they might be coming back from some sort of injury. Or number three, they have a very specific goal that they want to make sure. Basically, it's a hand-holding kind of thing. Yep. I just want to make sure I do everything I need to do. Our semi-private, um, for the most part, you're going to have one trainer and up to four individuals, four to six. Um, and each one of those people will be doing different programs. You might have someone who comes in and they have like very similar programming. You have two 41 year old females, no injuries, yada, yada, yada. They have the same goal. So they might have the same thing, but for the most part, uh, like Seth's 
session he had yesterday he had like a 73 year old woman a 55 year old man and then what was what was held tied like 19. Yeah. so we've got a myriad of different people everyone's working through their own programs getting where they need to go and then i attribute that to more like high school right so it's like you have a little less uh, you know the trainer's not breathing down your neck they're not on top of you but you have a little more autonomy um and it the goal right there is kind of to get to the point where they're not needing you there the entire time. Because yeah. like throughout between private training and semi-private training, the goal is to uh, give that education, give the the knowledge. So like what we do is like, yeah. hey, a little bit more you, autonomy, right? Right. Well, hey, why don't you tell me how I should do a deadlift? Sure. Perfect. You know what you've got to do. Let's go do it. And then individual program design is more of our college. Because like we're giving you what you need, but it's up to you to do it. Because like I'm I'm not going to stay on like be a true coach. Go like, hey, I noticed you haven't logged anything off, um, but still everything has the same progressions as anything else. It's just giving them the opportunity. They can come in anytime they want. They can go work out wherever they want. Uh, we're just making sure they have a well tailored program that keeps everybody safe. Okay. And then we do have we do also have the large group, which is. Yeah, everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, our boot camp, our yoga, our uh, hip hop aerobics, that kind of stuff. Um, and again, people like that. So that's why we have it. Okay, yeah. So a number of different tiers when it comes to what people can subscribe to. And I assume different price points depending on the time investment from a coaching perspective. Which of those is is kind of the meat and potatoes for you guys? Where is the bulk of your clientele? Right, Emma? Yeah, I would say it's between semi-private and private. Um, it depends. It kind of fluctuates month to month as far as um, what's most popular in the gym at the time. Yeah. Uh, people are constantly changing between the two as well. Like we'll have members that start out in private and then progress to the semi-private or we'll have members. I that, see. Okay. You know, start in semi-private and like, hey, I really want to work on this one thing and they'll transition to the private. Um, but that, that's definitely the, the bulk of our members fit into those two categories. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then guys, because I think this is a really interesting thought experiment. Talk to us about kind of the marketing that goes into this because marketing for the private or semi-private client is probably vastly different than marketing for the boot camp, the yoga, hip hop aerobics sort of client. What have you guys done that's that's proven successful to get you to this point? Man, it's going to sound so silly, but <laughs> we have not done, we have spent barely any money on marketing at all. Okay. Uh, our clients do the marketing for us because okay. we put all of our energy into, not all of our energy, but we put a lot of energy into providing a great product for the client and providing a great facility for the client and creating almost a, um, a club-like atmosphere where everybody wants to be a part of the club. You know? Like, oh, yeah. I, I train at Totem. It's almost like a status symbol type thing. Um, but our clients are constantly, you know, getting more leads for us. You know, oh, yeah. hey, my friend, you know, wants to, you know, talk to you about training for us. And then we'll talk to them and everything like that. But our clients do most of our marketing for us. And, yeah. you know, the, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, well, I think it's important as well. That, that term kind of gets bastardized in our industry a little bit. It's important to distinguish between, like, marketing and traditional paid advertising. You guys haven't invested yeah. dollars in it, but referral, word-of-mouth type marketing is marketing still. You guys, with the branding that you have, on the merch that you give out, that's marketing still. We're getting yeah. in front of 
eyeballs to drive leads to us. We just haven't yet invested any kind of dollars and cents towards it. As you guys, I mean, obviously we touched on in the beginning with this, this originated in 2019 and we've been navigating some unfamiliar waters over the last 18 months as the business matures and, and you guys continue on, do you anticipate adding in any kind of formal marketing? Yeah. So we have this yeah. year, um, January was our first month doing a, a large paid ad. Okay. Uh, and it's really more just about brand awareness because there's yeah. a lot of people in our area that still either don't know about us or don't know what we are. Like yeah. you get bunched in with CrossFit gyms a lot. Um, our branding kind of fits into that style a little bit. And yeah. at first glance, you see barbells, you see, you know, things that you see in a CrossFit gym, not, you, not that you see in a big box gym. Um, most people don't, they only know those two things. So yeah, that's true. It's more they, of an education thing at that a, point. Exactly. Yeah. So we're spending money educating people of, Hey, we're here and this is what we are. Yeah. Uh, not a real targeted ad or anything. I'm sure a lot of that education happens more in like, I don't know how you guys verbalize it, but like a, like a sales consultation sort of setting as well. Do you guys have a, a process when you're signing up clients? Say we get a lead in from wherever, mm -hmm. walking off the street from a referral from XYZ other sources. What happens to that lead? Are you guys contacting them to get them into the facility or is all of this happening over the phone or of the so, over our website? So we have a few different avenues that people reach out. We have our phone line. People will call and we'll answer and We'll give them as much information as they want over the phone and ask them, hey, do you want to set up a consultation to come in, have sure. a tour? We'll talk a little bit more specifics as far as what program will best fit you. And then same thing with emails, Facebook messages, stuff like that. Got it. So those are the three, you know, social media, emails, and phone calls are the main ways that we're getting contact. But those are all funneling into hey, you should come into the facility and we can talk a little bit more in depth about it. Right, right? yeah. But if someone has a question, we answer it. Like sure. if someone, hey, how much, is the, how much is it? Like we're not that type of place. Oh, well. Come in, yeah. come in and talk to us and then yeah. we'll tell you how much everything costs. No, we'll, we'll tell them up front because our price points are so high that I don't if, waste time. If, if someone's not going to be able to pay our price for it, I don't want to have to spend an hour with them for something that they're not going to be able to afford. Sure. You could be spending that hour doing something more productive. Sure. Uh, that sounds really cold and bad, but it's. Uh, well, I mean, I, t I talk to a lot of gym owners, man, and I say all the time that good marketing, whether it's traditional paid advertising or branding, whatever it is, good marketing should turn away people that don't belong just as much as it does pull in people that do belong. And the reality is, you guys aren't for everybody, and that's, that's fine. It's not that if, if you were for everybody, this would be a 24 hour fitness or LA or whatever it is. It's not, it's for a little bit more niche of a, a demographic. And so you guys shouldn't waste your time with that. I don't think it's even a waste to say you shouldn't just want to burn an hour there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so within those services that we talked about, right, we've got, a larger group style class. We've got semi-private, we've got individual design, we've got one-on-one -on -one PT. Where are you guys really focused on growing as we move into 
latter parts of 2022 here? I would say semi-private and individual program design are two main things that we want to push and grow and see more members in those two um, because one-on-one -on -one training is time. It, it just, it, it costs so much time. Yeah. And those two options for the trainers and for the gym are number one, much more profitable. You can, you can just touch more people doing that. Yeah. Um, and then number two, you, it's just, it's a better service in my opinion. There's just not, there's not as many people that need one-on-one -on -one training. Yeah. We have, to, we have to keep in mind what's scalable, right? You guys touched on why we yep. opened this in the first place. And it was because at a certain point, we just can't add more people to a one-on-one -on -one schedule. Just not realistic. So we have these other options, right? I say, and that's kind of what we have the flow of private, semi-individual, yada, yada, yada. Is because, and I, that's why I tell them in the beginning, hey, this is elementary, high school, college. It was like, when you join the gym, when you join Totem, it was like, the goal is to graduate from elementary school and then graduate from high school and then get to individual program design. That Because once it's individual, we just, all we got to do is program everything. Everyone, we already know that they've been through, you know, three three to six months or a year of training with quality coaches that they should be safe. They should be knowledgeable. They should know everything they do. And then all we got to do is make sure that we have, you know, quality programs going through and then those people come into the gym and it saves us time. It gives us more opportunities to touch in person, new individuals and move them through that system to the program design. And then it's, I mean, for the most part, as long as you have enough time outside of the gym to program. And if you get, pretty good with the systems that we have in place like true coach and make everything as automated as possible. I mean, that that's currently where I think I slash we see the most growth in the gym. Yep. I think that's, that's really in, in the days of technology being such a huge part of fitness, that's where successful remote individual design type businesses differentiate themselves. And it's what can I do better than everyone else in less time than everyone else right yeah. and, and i think that lines up perfectly with what you just said because if we're doing this individual design but it still takes me four or five hours a week to put this together then we're not any better off right we're we might as well just have them in the facility coaching so yeah uh, guys i, I have kind of one final question and and the reality is the most people that listen to this podcast are gym owners themselves and are aware that that fitness is not all glory and glamour and there's a lot of things that they struggle with. What do you think is is kind of the biggest hurdle or or bottleneck for you guys right now that you're trying to overcome? Oh man. <laughs> you question. want one? Yeah. <laughs> you want one? I mean, give us a list if you like, but um I think so. You go for, yeah, you go we first. had last year we had exponential growth. Like very, very quick growth at a very short period of we time. Went from we're on four, the same page. Four trainers <laughs> to 14 trainers, 16 trainers. In the span of about a month and a half, two months. And wow. Okay. We were, I would say we were not prepared. Um, we were not prepared to take on that many new people. And they, like, it was, those trainers brought people with them. Yeah. Sure. You know? Trying to break in between space, the number of trainers coming on that know how we do things. Cause like, I would say that because we had, you know, 10 people show up and join, we didn't, we didn't have systems in place to get them to where we are, where we're, how we're doing things. 
the systems that we use, how we do things, how we train people. Um, so we've had a little hiccup there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can continue on. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, it's just um, the the training of the trainer, you know, and not not say yeah. hey, internal like, more than right. Yeah. This is how you train the client, not that, but more of like this is how we do things here. Yeah, these are our <clears throat> you know online systems and everything like that. This is the culture that we're building here, and with you know bringing on ten people, there's just no way that Gordy and myself could do that with everybody and i wouldn't say that it has hurt the business it doesn't i mean we're not struggling or anything but we're finding now you know eight months later that we're having to kind of uh backtrack and establish you know new uh, protocols yeah just standards and like expectations of everybody um and it was it's it's our fault because they didn't know those standards and expectations yeah, it was a, it's no blame of them at all. Lack of communication right. on leaders' side. So no, that's, a, that's a very Jocko Willink type thought, but uh, it, it's interesting because I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of gym owners listening to this that would rather have that sort of problem than not have growth at all. Right. Oh yeah. But yeah. Growing pains are still a problem and cause stress for the leadership, and we need to figure this out in order to get back to the trajectory that we're looking for over the long run, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's not realistic for you guys to always have that level of growth. How can we almost rein it in a little bit and, and control that mm-hmm. is really the name of the game. Now, guys, we could continue on and, and really jam out on this conversation for hours and hours. But as we approach the end of, of our time here, where could people find out a little bit more about Totem? Is there a website? Is there social media? Yeah, well, we have, you can look, look us up on Facebook, Instagram, Totem Training, Totem Training WR still? I think it's just Totem Training. Right totem, tra- totem Training on Instagram. Our website is totemtraining.fit. Um, and I think those are our main three. Anybody that wants to contact us, they can contact us at hello at totemtraining.fit. They want to send us an email. All right. All right. Well, I mean, connect with these gentlemen on as many platforms as you are interested guys it's been a bunch of fun hosting this conversation and i always appreciate digging into business owners mindsets a little bit and seeing how they anticipate success and and what that means for them and and how they're really putting it into action to to make it come to fruition guys i can't thank you enough for your time i really appreciate it and we'll have to check in down the road with you to see where this takes you absolutely appreciate it joe awesome To everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of T3 Personal Training in Fraser, Michigan, Tony Meredith. How are you today, sir? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to have you on. Um, Want to get right into it. Tell me all about T3, who you are, what you do there in Michigan. T3 personal training. Uh, it's something I'd started almost 20 years ago now. Um, <clears throat> I've been in gyms and in the fitness industry probably since I was 14 years old. Uh, so we're going on almost 30 years. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I hate to say that, but almost 30 years. Uh, I'm right so, there with you, brother. <laughs> so I started off uh, just, I, I played uh, hockey when growing up and decently decently high level and um, just wanted to continue on coaching and things after that really got into the fitness side of the off ice training um, as well as the on ice and now I've made the off ice training more of a, uh, a lifestyle for people that are you know 16 and playing sports or the professional athlete to the average housewife to I think I've had an 86-year-old woman as one of my clients. All walks of life come through T3 personal training. Um, Yeah, we have a a 3,200-square-foot facility, uh, which we opened right after uh, the pandemic in October of 2020. Um, So we're celebrating about a year and a half here. Um, We we have the uh, personal training aspect side. We have a little bit of an open gym, do-it-yourself kind of thing. We have a professional boxing company that comes in four or five nights a week to work with uh, with clients and some of their, their fighters. Um, we have virtual golf for some of the uh, – in Michigan, it gets cold eight to nine months out of the year, so uh, <laughs> work on their swing. Uh, so we have that. We also have a, a fully functional batting cage. Um, for uh, you know, a lot of the high school baseball players come around here, and we've even sponsored some um, some baseball teams in the area. So we got our, our hands into a lot of things around here. You definitely do, and you know, I want to give some credit where where credit is due there, and a little bit of background. So you your original incarnation of T three was around for a while. You learned all the lessons that came with being a trainer, business owner there moved into a commercial facility for a little while, saw some opportunity there to expand your reach, help a different segment of people. Then the pandemic put the kibosh on that. And like, you know, where you could have just been, you know, gone in the fetal position and, and went and run and hide and woe was me. You were like, all right, let's, let's figure out the next opportunity because it just feels like you have this drive where, and we talked about this a little bit off air too, you need to impact your community. Your vehicle is fitness, but it really for you just seems like it comes back to this, this is my town, this is my community. I need to be doing something in here to impact as many lives as I can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
you know, fitness has given a lot to me and a lot of opportunities. And I've met a lot of people that I, I wouldn't have normally met had I worked, you know, the quote unquote normal job. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I love to be able to give that back and to be able to share with, with people and, and, and just try and help out as, as best I can. Awesome, man. That's, uh, that's really like one of the coolest things about this industry. And like you said, I've been in, in other industries and there are other people that, that help and have that mentality, but fitness, it's like 99.99% of everybody. They're like, I just want to work with people, meet people, help people. And it's really cool if I can put food on the table and pay my rent. <laughs> so yeah. um, a good combination of both is, is good. So um, you are, um, I think we said, you know, it's October-ish of 2020 when you open this location. You know, you've had clientele from previous locations, previous spots. When you open this up, um, what did it look like for you as far as how many previous clients came with you and, and what else have you done to build up to where you are for clientele? Well, I've had a, well, <clears throat> with everything being shut down here, uh, a lot of people, a lot of my former clients I hadn't heard from in years <laughs> were jumping back, like ready to go. Um, uh, unfortunately, as always, they, some fall off and some stay on. <laughs> That's how it goes. But uh, what we're tr really trying to do here uh, now, uh, what's working for us is trying to talk one-on-one -on -one with people. A lot of the traditional marketing just isn't isn't working anymore. Um, it's really getting out and I feel like I'm almost campaigning for something at this point. You have to get out and talk to people because with the, after the pandemic, so many people are just afraid. They're afraid of shaking hands. They're afraid of coming to a gym. They've been told all those things. So really it's, it's trying to create a comfortable atmosphere. It's not, we're not a commercial gym. We're not something where you're going to encounter you know, someone's sweat dripping off a machine because they didn't wipe it down. This is, you know, basically, this is my house and I take care of my house. So if something's sweaty and someone doesn't wipe it down, I wipe it down to make sure that it's ready for the next person. It The, the real challenge is getting people's mental state, has always been getting people's mental state to come in the door. Even at, and after the pandemic, we're, we're still facing maybe almost double that challenge. Yeah, so a lot of it has been building up this uh, persona, this expectation, this this uniqueness, because you're, you're in a decent sized town, there are multitude of gyms, your unique value proposition and where you stand out is in that higher level of service, higher level of community, cleanliness, things where it's really, you know, it just sounds like you're meticulous about your client experience. So you have that. Are you currently working from the other end to get brand awareness, doing marketing, doing advertising? And if so, what what avenues are you taking there? Um, we've done a lot of the online social media marketing, that kind of thing. Um, are, were we a lot of success. I say we like I'm more than one person. Uh, <laughs> you have a community, you're at your, your gym, your whole team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where I found a lot of success is um, 
through advertising, through a lot of the community outreach stuff, like um, my son's baseball programs, you know, the, the beginning of the year program and their website. Um, I've gotten some people for the batting cages there. And then some of the parents come along and they're like, oh, wow, this is a, I can work out while he's in the batting cage or, you know, so working through the community is really, really what's been the only thing that's been consistently working. Um, as, as, you know, being in the industry, as long as I have, I do have people constantly, the turnover of clients coming back and forth, you know, that's really kept the lights on the bills paid and all that kind of good stuff. But where the, where the next level has come from, the next level marketing has come from reaching out to the uh, community pages of, you know, baseball and football and, and things like that. Got it. So that uh, local athletics and your reputation of being in the town for a while has been really the highest return of, on investment for your, your time and your effort that you've been putting in, at least recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the next stage, the next hat that you wear is the intake guy, right? Once people do express some interest coming in, you're seeing everybody that signs up or has some interest in the gym. So it's, it's all you, right? You know, everything that there is to need to know about the gym. You're the most invested. So we're not talking about some hired sales staff or a trainer or anybody it's you. So if I were to come in with interest in T3, you know, I'm checking out gyms in the area, whatever it is, what does the conversation with you look like? Do you have a process that you take someone through to figure out what aspect of your facility and your offerings works out best? Yeah, we um, usually have them fill out the, the, you know, the normal intake forms, health history questionnaire, all that kind of good stuff. And then really just kind of talk to them about what is their goal and why? I mean, most of us got into fitness to be quite honest, to, to, to look better naked. That's really why most people get into it. If you want to get right down to it. But a lot of times people have issues, you know, like the, you know, my, I have bad knees, so I need to, you know, exercise more, but why, why do you need to like, what, tell me what, tell me about your life. That's really going to make having stronger legs and your knees not hurting as bad. What's going to make it better. And then you can really get down to, the, well, I've always wanted to take a trip to Paris and there's a lot of walking in Paris. And if you can, if I really connect with everybody on that one-on-one -on -one level, then I can kind of read their goals a little bit more and where they're coming from and what, and obviously what we need to do once we do hit the gym floor. But I think taking a personal interest in everyone is really been throughout my career uh, has been very beneficial to keeping long-term clients. Like I say, I've been a trainer for over 20 years now, and some clients have been with me since day one. So keeping someone that long, I mean, as far as fitness goes, you know, we can teach exercises, but it's really making that connection and making everyone comfortable and happy is, uh, is really the most rewarding part about it. Yeah, I think that process and that thought pattern is really, really super helpful as, you know, we always go back to 
most of us get in this business to help people. And if we miss an opportunity to help somebody, it, yes, it will affect the bottom line. Yes, from a financial standpoint, but it's that next level digging and understanding. Like you really need to be able to understand someone to help them because everybody comes in with this base level of, oh, I just want to get fit. I just want to be healthier. I just, I just want to do something. And I don't know what the percentages are, but it's really easy to just be like, okay, cool. You just want to get fit. We have, we have these facilities. We do this X, Y, Z. You want to sign up? And some people might, and then, you know, they fall off quickly or some people might be like, eh, nah, I'm just checking it out. Until you understand somebody, you can't really help them on, on anything more than a really, really surface level. So I love that you're going for that second, third, fourth, you know, it's, it's that childlike curiosity, right? It's, it's annoying sometimes when it's a three-year-old, but right. like, I want to I get fit. Why? Uh, because I know I need to lose weight. Why? Because my pants don't fit. Okay. You know, what, what else? Like, well, you know, I, my, my wife doesn't find me attractive anymore. Okay. Here we, so you want to make your life and your relationship better. And this is going to overall improve everything else that you're doing. All right, here we go. Now I can tell you, these are the things that are going to serve you the best. So I think there's a lot of opportunity missed and it's something that I think all trainers hopefully come across eventually, but you know, you said you've been in the industry 20 years. I mean, if we can fast forward people to realizing like, until you know what really caused somebody to get off the couch, get in the car, it's, you know, it's, it's January in Michigan. It's probably negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit there. Go out in the cold and show up and sit, sit there in front of you. It's like, what really brought you here? You weren't just bored, right? Nobody was like, oh yeah, I, I want, I'm really hoping to eat less of the foods that I like. And I'm really hoping to be sore from working out. And, and I'd like to take away some of my TV time. Like nobody's sitting around thinking that. So it's like, what actually brought you here? So I think it's a big thing that gets, it gets so easily overlooked that, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's the approach you take. So from there, um, are you taking stock onto what people need in providing them recommendations for some different options? Like, you know, Hey, Joe, uh, you know, you want to do this. The best way I think you could do it is personal training. You know, you should work with me two times a week and, um, you know, watch what you eat and we'll do this and, or you could do X, Y, Z. Like, how do you work through how you prescribe what somebody should do once you really know them and have an idea? Well, from there, once I really learn about them, I kind of tell them how I can help them and what, you know, what we offer at the gym, you know, in, you know, what I've encountered in the past using, you know, former clients as, as the benchmark usually gets people, you know, going um, with the, the new, you know, with COVID and everything. Now we have a lot of people coming in that are recovering from COVID. So I've really um, tried to take on more of a, a, a role that way of, of learning more about it. I have a few clients that are epidemiologists, doctors, nurses who've been on the front lines and, you know, the real thing that I kind of pitch to people that are afraid of, the, of getting back into exercise after experiencing COVID 
and you know living through all this um is that this is the place that they're coming to work out so you know there i have a few doctors that you may have seen on TV uh, that are in, you know, that are coming here three times a week. You know, they're making the point to come in and um, that's really what's helping people knowing that like, this is where the medical professionals are working out. You know, that's really selling itself. Um, to be quite honest, I don't even ask for the sale anymore. I don't even ask. I just say, when do you, you know, when do you want to get started? And they've already made up their mind you know, by the time we get to the end of the conversation that how does Tuesdays and Thursdays at six work and it's boom, right in, you know. So I think just coming across as, as caring and knowing what I'm talking about really is, is the next, you know, step in the process. And, and that's where, you know, people are really responding. Fantastic. And I think there's there, the two things in there, one, I mean, the fact that you basically have high level professional endorsement, as you said, like that's, that's something that not everybody can hang their hat on, but you have it and you're using it like, Hey, if the doctors, the doctors feel safe here, you should feel safe here. So that that's a leg up, but also recognizing past client successes, you being the one man show has probably has a lot of stresses but you know you know every client you know what you know if you you have that recollection of oh you know i had somebody just like you they were a mom they just you know they're six months from their from childbirth they're they're trying to go back to work like if you can give those examples that social proof or that you know oh i do have an example that was just like you and that's something that you can only have with experience and real success people can tell and that's that's really what a lot of us are looking for is like oh you know somebody like me has done this cool it's not just you know i don't just see fit people and say where they fit their whole life it's you know whatever the case may be so using those specific examples and not not just oh yeah we can definitely help you i can help anybody right like no i actually do you know i have a handful of people that have been in your same situation i've done it and oh, by the way, you're going to be safe here because Dr. So-and-so XYZ also comes here. So like you said, all right, so let's get you started on Tuesday in the, the assumed close of like, they didn't come in there to not make a change in their life. So you found that, that you're a match and I'm sure there's some qualification on your side too. All right, this person could get a benefit from me. I'm going to tell them how and just ask when they want to start. And then if they have any conflicts or objections or anything like that you can work but you're assuming somebody came there because they wanted to actually take action definitely definitely fantastic so what's the realm of your scope in in really your available time as far as your involvement with clients like are you making any sort of uh, nutritional guidelines or suggestion are you doing um, out of gym check-ins any type of accountability uh, anything with meal prep or supplements any other ancillary things I know it's hard when you're a one-man show so I'm not putting that on you but just curious yeah. to what other things you've you've taken on um, yeah I definitely do the uh, the nutrition guidelines that kind of thing um, 
you know, just to try and, uh, we have a T3 personal training app that people can okay. log their food and log their exercise when they're not with me or when they're with me, either one. Um, so they can send those to me. Uh, I check on them. Um, there are a lot of emails and text messages that go out just checking in, seeing how you have any questions, what's, you know, haven't seen you in a while, you know, those ones. Um, so yeah, we do kind of send out something probably twice a week to people I haven't seen or, you know, have you tried this, you know, this, as far as supplementation goes, I don't, uh, because I am just one person here. I don't really have, you know, the time to really get into it. And, you know, there, as far as supplements go, there's a lot of things out there that, you know, it's hard to keep up with. And that's really, it's, there's a new product every five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so it so has it, been a little bit difficult. So I love that you're leveraging technology. And I think anybody, whether you have a, a, a large training staff or, you know, you're running, running it as a solo act, um, just a quick touch on that. Did you go and have your own app build out? Did you go through and, and work with one of the white label companies? Uh, if you don't want to talk about, you know, the specifics, we can, we don't have to talk, you know, name by companies, that's up to you, but just curious of which route you took to get that developed. Um, I used um, Square to build out my website and all that. Um, it's been a great resource, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as everything's going, the app, I had a, I actually had a friend um, help me build that. So, you know, where it's not as, I don't know, I don't want to say polished as, as, uh, as some other things, it's still something I've done as a one person, you know, as best I could without having much technical ex expertise. Very, very cool. So it's, it's your own thing. So the, as we start to run down on time here, Tony, I think the last yeah. topic that I want to hit is, um, you know, what are the, you know, uh, to, to steal somebody else's term, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals, like where do you see this incarnation of the business going? You know, what, what do you want it to turn into? Do you want it to, to stay, you know, just you and just as many people as you can help so that you have ultimate uh, control and, and interaction with clients? Are you looking to, to grow it somewhere down the line? What's, you know, what are the, what are the dreams of T3 in this version? Well, what I'd like to see is to bring on a few more, uh, a few more trainers like myself that, that could connect one-on-one -on -one with clients and be able to have that rapport that I have with most of my clients. Um, you know, I'm not just, I just don't want to bring anyone in to, you know, make money. I mean, I, I, I can work more to make money. Um, I want someone that's going to live up to the standard that I set for T3, the trainers that, that do care, that do go that extra mile for their clients. And, um, you know, really, really care about the business and, and them as people, not just people who are paying them every month. 
Um, and then, yeah, if I could find more like that, then I would love to add a, a second, third, fourth location. And then, you know, world domination, of course. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> so, so really getting back, you know, coming full circle, the heart and soul for you of this is in the personal relationship business. Never. It sounds like you don't have any, any goal or aspiration to have like a big, open membership, self-service, you know, just, just come in and do your own thing, Jim. You want to offer the highest value, highest level of service that you can and however that can scale and still maintain the integrity of, of the brand that you built. Yes, definitely, definitely. Awesome, man. I, I think uh, staying true to that is gonna serve you well for a long time. And uh, last question for you. Uh, you know, for our audience, maybe, maybe the younger Tony, uh, maybe to, to anybody out there that you may come across, if there's, if there's one lesson or piece of advice or anything that you think that served you well, or that you wish you could tell your younger self, is there anything in this business that really sticks with you to this day? Well, having a 17 and 11 year old son, uh, I, I tend to say these things a lot is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's you can never work too hard um if you want something in life you just have to to go for it you don't have to have a plan you just have to have the the guts to do it and never 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 stop until you reach where you want to be um you know, life isn't always fair and we, we don't always get what we deserve, but we can always keep going till we get it. Um, it's, the, you know, something about working out is every day you are, you're in there against yourself. There's, there's no one swatting the weights out of your hand. It's, you're not fighting anyone but you. So, you know, not to sound too cliche, but it, it it's never been more true than, you know, the life I've led and, and what I've learned in this industry and in throughout uh, my 43 years. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's a high note to leave us on. I think um, those are, it's a, a great way to live and a great way to look at things. So uh, we are officially out of time. Um, it has been a pleasure having you here today. I thank you again so much for spending part of your day with us. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. You're welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you too. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found uh, inspiration and value in this episode. And if you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you as new episodes are released. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.